in chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. This morning we want to read just three verses, verses 6 through 8, and the emphasis is on uh, verse 8 for our time this morning. Just ask you to recognize that we're breaking in on the Apostle Paul's uh, greeting and introduction to the church at Thessalonica. We want to read verses, Thessal- excuse me, verse Thessalonians 1, verses 6 through 8. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord... For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. Let me ask that we pray once more together. Let's pray. Our God, we pray that you would bless this time now before your word as we consider uh, such an important subject together this morning. Pray that what we have not, you would give us, what we know not, you would teach us, and what we are not, you would make us, and we pray this through Christ. Amen. 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 Ordinarily, at Emmanuel Church, it's our pattern in the preaching ministry. Uh, It's our adopted method in the preaching ministry to preach what's often called uh, expository preaching, expository uh, sermons. There's lots of ways we could describe what expository preaching is. The most uh, simple definition I've heard is that expository preaching seeks to make the meaning of the message, the meaning of the sermon, uh, grounded in the meaning of the text of Scripture. Uh, That the preacher's job in preaching the Bible is to convey the meaning of the Bible And to make that the substance, the subject matter uh, of the sermon itself, and to convey that to God's people. Indeed, to preach the Word of God and to expound and open up its contents. And so the way that normally looks for us uh, is that we go consecutively through books of the Bible. We've been working uh, out of Ephesians for some months together. We've taken a break for most of the month of December. Uh, But we've been working consecutively, just a a few verses at a time or a thought section at a time, uh, in Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. That's our our normal pattern. And though that's our normal pattern and what we consider best practice for preaching, occasionally we'll do what are called topical addresses, where the primary goal is not to expound a particular verse per se, uh, but rather to address a topic or a subject found in the Scriptures and to apply uh, that subject uh, to our congregation. And that's indeed what I want to do uh, this morning. So I say all of that just to say if you're visiting with us, Uh, This sermon is a little bit unusual uh, for our congregation, indeed a deviation from our normal uh, practice together. And now there's something that's occasioned uh, today's sermon as a topical address, and that's uh, the coming, the imminent uh, new year. Uh, I find it just almost impossible uh, to believe that we're about to enter in on the year 2018, According to my charts, the world was supposed to end at least 10 times in the last (laughs) decade or so. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Just five times. 
but, but we're entering in on a new year, and we're conscious, aren't we? This came up even in our adult equipped class this morning. So many people are making New Year's resolutions, and uh, I'm a big proponent of New Year's resolutions. I think it adds a, a cadence and a rhythm to life. It adds some momentum and direction and vision for our lives, and so I often encourage individuals and uh, spouses and families to make resolutions together. And um, I imagine many of you are thinking about resolutions for the coming year. And so often we hear the same ones, right? People want to lose weight or become less dependent on technology or or whatever. Um, Those are all good things, and they're not bad to strive for. Let me just encourage you as an aside. um, If you find this practice helpful, it's something I've been doing for a number of years now and have found it to be very beneficial. Consider going to a, a list in the scriptures like the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians, right? Or to the Beatitudes, or something like that, describing the sorts of virtues that ought to be uh, present in a believer's life. And consider isolating one particular virtue, grace, fruit of the Spirit, uh, that you wish to grow in, in 2018. And make that a point of focus, perhaps. I just, I just propose that to you as a practice I found beneficial. But that's just a, an aside. I think resolutions are a good thing. A dear older woman in my life uh, has this old proverb she likes to quote, that if you aim at nothing, uh, you'll hit it every time. Uh, We don't aim for something. We won't accomplish anything. And so resolutions are a good practice. Well, I also think it's good for churches to make resolutions, even New Year's resolutions. I think it's good for churches, for communities of God's people in a particular location, covenanted with one another, to consider, to ponder, to contemplate making resolutions together uh, as a church body. I think the churches should always seek to mature, to make progress, to grow, to better honor God, to look more like the Lord Jesus Christ. There ought always to be a sense of momentum, a sense of direction, a sense of progress and vision. And to be clear, I don't mean by that that the church is always supposed to grow numerically, or that we're supposed to always have bigger buildings and bigger budgets. That's not what I'm, I'm saying. But there ought always to be a sense of progress and striving toward maturation and growth. There ought to be momentum and direction to a local church's existence. And so hopefully today, I'd like to start what will be a new tradition for Emmanuel Church. And that is that on the last Sunday of the year, uh, or the first Sunday of the year, depending on how the calendar falls, uh, we would seek together as a congregation to make one or two New Year's resolutions together as a congregation, something we want to resolve to improve in and to grow in as a congregation. And God willing, he'll be revealing to us, uh, hopefully, ways in which we need to grow as a congregation. And may he bless the leadership of this church with identifying those areas and the members as well. So for the past several weeks in anticipation for this sermon, and certainly this week, I've been praying a great deal asking that the Lord would would show me and show us ways in which we would like to grow as a congregation uh, and improve in such a way that we would be more faithful to His Word and more honoring to Christ and more fruitful in our ministry in this place and in this community. So there's obviously a number of areas I could encourage us in this morning. There's there's just a, a panoply of ways in which we need to grow as a congregation. That's true of every congregation in every place. But my mind has consistently, uh, repeatedly gone to one area in particular, one discipline, one work, one grace in which I've been praying that we as a congregation would grow in marked ways in the year 2018. Without further ado, this is the resolution I'd like to propose 
to our congregation and lead us in in the coming new year. Resolved that we will grow in the discipline and work of evangelism in 2018. Resolved that we will be better evangelists in 2018 than we were in 2017. That we will seek to nurture within our church a culture of evangelism in the new year. And let me say that this resolution in no way depreciates the sincere efforts at evangelism by this church body and the individual members of it. I thank God as a member of this church and as a pastor of this church that this is not a congregation of people that have to be persuaded as to the priority of evangelism. I am so thankful to God that this is not a group of Christians who don't see the need to convey the gospel to the lost and aren't passionate and zealous to see sinners converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. I see it in your eyes in prayer meetings and small group settings. I hear it in your prayers when we pray corporately together. This is a church zealous for the salvation of the lost and for those who are far from Christ. Uh, But that said, I hope that my posture this morning is something like the Apostle Paul's posture uh, when he said in 1 Thessalonians 4 to this same congregation that I've had you turn to in 1 Thessalonians 1, there in 1 Thessalonians 4, I think it's maybe verse 9 or 10 or somewhere around there, uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians, he commends them for their love, for their brotherly affection. That's indeed exemplary. He says, you have no need that I should even write to you. Your love is just so well known toward the brothers and to, uh, Christians who are in every place. You are an example in the area of love. And then he says... But still I urge you that you would abound still more and more. You're exemplary in love. You've made love a priority in your church, but I want you to abound still more and more. Don't don't rest on your laurels. Uh, don't, Don't let up. Put your pedal to the metal and continue to love and even to improve and to increase more and more in this grace of love. Well, I hope that's something of my posture in this area of evangelism. Not to depreciate sincere efforts at evangelism in this place. But to urge you, brothers and sisters, who I know, whose hearts beat for the salvation of the lost, that men and women might be spared eternal punishment and might be raised together with Christ, giving glory to Him in the new heavens and new earth. I I desire that you abound, that we abound still more and more in our zeal and our love for lost people. So that's my desire with respect to our evangelistic Efforts. This congregation's sincere love for lost people is wonderful and commendable, and our desire ought to be that it would abound still more and more. So I want to direct you again to 1 Thessalonians 1.8 with this resolution in mind. Listen to how the Thessalonians are described in that verse. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Isn't that an arresting description of these saints in Thessalonica? The word of the Lord has sounded forth from you. Indeed, your faith has gone out everywhere. The idea is that people in the region know about this church's faith. They know about the word of the Lord as it sounded forth from this congregation of people. Well, I've been praying over this verse, this text. And I pray, Lord, may that be said of Emmanuel Church, of every church in Winston-Salem. That the word of the Lord has sounded forth. And that our faith has gone out everywhere. May that be said of us. So the proposed resolution stands that we will seek to grow in the discipline and work of evangelism in 2018. 
Let me ask two preliminary questions just to focus our thoughts. I want to answer the questions, what is evangelism and what is an evangelist? I think most of us probably have accurate definitions in our mind, but I just want to put some on the table. What is evangelism? I want to give for you, I'm not sure I could improve upon the definition that's given in the book by Max Stiles there in the back. Again, you're welcome to take those books home with you. He offers a very, very simple definition for evangelism. He says this, quote, Evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. Teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. It is conveying the gospel of Christ through word and through deed, teaching it to an individual person with the aim toward persuading that person to embrace the gospel and to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very simple definition, right? There's there's more we might say, but hard to improve on so simple a definition if you're looking for a concise statement. Evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. Now, second question. Uh, What is an evangelist? I thank God that we have in this church uh, many people from various backgrounds, uh, various church backgrounds. Some of you grew up in church, various denominations. Some of you didn't grow up in church at all. Lots of different backgrounds represented here. I wonder what you think of when you think of an evangelist. Perhaps you think of Billy Graham, D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon. Perhaps you think of someone who goes door to door with uh, tracks and a little bag to hand out to people. Perhaps you think of a street preacher. Perhaps you think of your pastor. Uh, What do you think of when you think of an evangelist? Well, I think very simply, according to the Bible, that an evangelist is really just someone who does that definition of evangelism. Someone who teaches the gospel with the aim to persuade. Which means each one of you, children of God, followers of Christ, are the evangelists. You're the evangelists. An evangelist is well along with you, but we don't professionalize the office of evangelism. Indeed, there are some, like Billy Graham, very gifted in the area of evangelism. Perhaps you have people in your life who have led many people to Christ and they have just pronounced gifts in that area. But I believe the scriptures would call each one of us uh, to be evangelists, to carry the evangel, to carry the good news, to be an ambassador for Christ, to testify about the grace of Christ before the world and before the lost. So, Emmanuel Church, I like to say you are our game plan for evangelism. The people sitting in these black chairs, this is our method, this is our program. Men and women who are infatuated with the Lord Jesus Christ, who are followers of Him, who carry the gospel with them everywhere they go, and convey that message to a lost and dying world. So now with those preliminary questions answered, I want to better articulate this resolution that I'm proposing to our church uh, by proposing, by offering sort of, sort of ten smaller resolutions. Uh, sort of boots on the ground, putting feet to this overall resolution of growing in the discipline and work and grace of evangelism in 2018. How are we going to do that? And what, what can we do as a church, what can each of us do individually to grow in this discipline and work of evangelism in 2018? 18. That's what I'd like to do. And uh, I'll move quickly through these resolutions. You can write them down if you'd like. If I'm going too quickly, you can ask me after. I'll be glad to send you my notes. Uh, the first five resolutions are from the leadership of the church to the church. These are resolutions 
that I would obviously affirm that our sending an advisory church, Grace Reformed in Mebane, would affirm. These are resolutions that our steering committee here at Emmanuel Church would affirm. And God helping us, should he provide us with more leaders in the coming new year, uh, we would see to it that they too would affirm these resolutions. And then the final five resolutions are resolutions we're asking and encouraging you, brothers and sisters, uh, to commit yourselves to in 2018, if we can be so, so bold. So please follow along with me. I have 10 New Year's resolutions for Emmanuel Church in this discipline and grace of evangelism. First of all, the first five resolutions from the leadership to the congregation. Resolution number one. We will prioritize evangelism in the preaching ministry of Emmanuel Church. We will prioritize evangelism in the preaching ministry of Emmanuel Church. If you're taking notes, you can just say evangelism and preaching. Okay? Uh, more specifically, we will make frequent evangelistic appeals the norm in the preaching ministry of this church. This resolution is based on three assumptions. First of all, in any gathering of Emmanuel Church, in every single gathering actually since our first worship service on January 29th of this year, in every single gathering there have been and are now lost people in our midst. That is people who are uh, far from God, who are not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not believed on Him in faith and repentance. It's true that in every gathering of Emmanuel Church, there have been people, maybe children or visitors, uh, in our midst who are not self-conscious followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I contend that love for neighbor at least would compel us in a context like this to speak of Christ directly to those individuals and to hold before them the gospel of the Lord Jesus and His grace offered freely for sinners through the Lord Jesus by faith and repentance. Second assumption is that every week we as Christians need to hear the gospel preached to us. Uh, We can never assume the gospel as Christian people. To do so is deadly. I've heard another popular preacher say that to assume the gospel for any period of time in a church's life is like uh, taking poison. It's suicidal for a church. We must always, not only weekly, but daily be reminded of the truths of the gospel, of God's grace freely offered in Christ. Uh, of His love for mankind and His willingness to be a Savior for sinners. We need that every day. We need to train our hearts and our minds, and we need to train our our families and our children in the, the rhythms of the gospel, always reminding ourselves and refreshing ourselves in the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the gospel being preached and evangelistic appeals even being made in this place is as much for Christian people as it is for the lost. A third assumption... And there's room for debate on this. But I believe uh, that distinctive to preaching itself, to the very nature of preaching, the essence of preaching, is to hold forth Christ to people. And I'll tell you exactly where I'm getting this. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, I think it's maybe 23, verse 24, something like that. Uh, Paul says that he preaches Christ and Him crucified. He says that's what we preach. I don't think Paul meant by that that he was presently in a series of sermons on Christ and Him crucified. And then I'll get on to the next thing at a later date. I think he's saying that the theme of my message, the theme of my preaching, the theme of my life and ministry is Christ and Him crucified. And I make it my aim to hold before the world the Lord Jesus Christ and His work on the cross for sinners. 
So I believe that ought to be the theme of preaching, not only here, but in every place. Now I'm going to spend a little more time on this first resolution. I promise we will finish on time, so don't be afraid. I want to share a few things about what this resolution means and what it does not mean. Again, this idea that we will make preaching, or excuse me, evangelism a priority in preaching. First of all, what this resolution means. You are often going to hear me, first of all, clarify in very simple ways the facts of the gospel and the summons the gospel contains to repent and believe. Preachers here will, by God's help, make it their aim to explain the gospels, in ter- excuse me, the gospel in terms that even young children can understand and also people who are totally unchurched and uninitiated in Christian things. Secondly, what this resolution means, many sermons will be closed with evangelistic appeals. We already do that to some degree, committed to doing that in the future. Not every sermon will end with an evangelistic appeal, but it seems natural to do so in many sermons, and it's our commitment to do so. Thirdly, sermons will be designed in part to speak directly to those who are outside of Christ, including children, unbelieving visitors, and maybe even self-deceived hypocrites in our midst. Almost every church I've been in, I've been a part of, there has been someone who professed to be a Christian for many years, who came forward through the preaching of the gospel thinking they were Christians. In the context of a service like this, they hear the gospel again and realize, I've never really believed the gospel. And they've come forward to embrace Christ for the first time and to obey him in the waters of baptism. Sermons will be designed to speak directly in some ways to those particular people. And then finally, occasionally, I will announce, like I did a few weeks ago with respect to that sermon we did directed to children, I will announce in advance that I am preaching a message that is purely evangelistic, and that this would be an especially good week to invite your lost friends and family, and not only that, but to pray earnestly that the Lord would work conversion even in the midst of our worship services. But let me tell you what this resolution does not mean. Again, prioritizing evangelism and preaching. First of all, it's our pledge, it's our conviction according to the Bible that the services of Emmanuel Church will not be designed primarily to appeal to lost people. These settings, these worship services, will not be designed primarily to appeal to lost people. And that conviction is based on the scriptures themselves and the message it conveys about the church and about worship and about God. We believe the church is the community of faith, it's the family of God. And our worship gatherings are designed for the worship of God. So that if you're here, and you're not a follower of Christ, and not a member of the community of faith, and not a worshiper of the true and living God, you are by definition an outsider who is looking in. You're a visitor in our midst. And we make no apologies for that designation. The Apostle Paul specifically describes unbelievers who find themselves in a Christian service of worship as outsiders in 1 Corinthians 14. The agenda in corporate worship services, gathered worship services like this one, is determined by God himself and his word and is designed for the church of Jesus Christ. The children of God, the sheep, the flock would be fed and that they would have an arena in which to worship God according to his word. Now that said, I still think it's in every way appropriate for those who organize and lead worship services and for those who participate in them to recognize the presence of outsiders in the worship gathering and to seek to speak to them in a way that would draw them out to embrace the gospel and to become themselves worshipers of God. There is a come and see element to our worship service. 
want people to come and see and experience the worship of God. And again, quoting from 1 Corinthians 14, in the context of a worship service, to bow on their face in repentance and faith and to believe on the Lord Jesus for the first time. Second thing this resolution does not mean. This is important to me. Again, depending on your background, I'm not exactly sure what's in your mind when you think about evangelism. But I want to make sure you hear this from me. Coercive and manipulative measures will not be employed in order to generate professions of faith. Coercive and manipulative measures will not be employed in order to generate professions of faith. What I mean by that, maybe to the disappointment of some, is we're not going to play just as I am 25 times over, just hoping that someone will come down and embrace Christ or fill out a card or say a prayer or something like that. I'm not seeking to use any coercive or manipulative measures. We run a clean operation here at Emmanuel Church. We preach the gospel and we plead with God and plead with sinners that they would respond and believe on Him in repentance and faith. That's what we do here. That's what we're called to do, to proclaim Christ to those who need Him. And so we will never endeavor to manipulate people into making professions of faith. All right, I deliberately spent the most time on that first resolution. We'll move a little quicker here. Resolution number two. We will make discipleship and evangelism a top-level priority in 2018. Let me say that again. We will make discipleship, that is teaching, training, in evangelism, a top-level priority in 2018. We'll do this in preaching sermons like this that take up as their theme the subject of evangelism. Uh, We're going to do this through our adult equip class. So let me encourage you, I'll just take this opportunity to give a, a shameless commercial for our equip class. Uh, the first 12 weeks of the new year, we're going to be considering the topic of evangelism. And so you say, oh, I'm, I'm a crummy evangelist. I'm not good at sharing my faith. Well, come to the class. Uh, I will be teaching that class along with four of the brothers in our church. And I've been so encouraged. These men have been praying and considering and studying carefully. And they're doing it, my brothers and sisters, for your benefit. Uh, they're doing it to help us uh, train ourselves and to grow and to mature in this wonderful work of evangelism. And so I encourage you, pick up the book. Don't let it collect dust on your shelf. Read the book and and come with anticipation and expectation. We as a congregation are going to grow. We're going to get training in this. We're going to get discipleship in this. And our goal in that class is not to give you one sort of uh, set program for evangelism. Okay, take them through four spiritual laws or through these six or seven questions. We're going to be talking about evangelism from the scriptures. And sure, we'll have brothers come in and give practical helps and advice and counsel in the area of evangelism. But I urge you, we're very excited about this class, and I'm hoping that the Lord will use it to help us to disciple each other uh, in this discipline, in this work of evangelism. And then we'll also do this, uh, discipling one another in evangelism in special ways, special events, perhaps uh, special seminars where we gather together to talk about this subject in particular. We'll do this in small groups. We'll do this sometimes uh, in in special gatherings like the women's Bible study or perhaps the uh, men's fellowship breakfast. We're going to make it our effort in 2018 uh, to grow as disciples in the work of evangelism. Resolution number three. Again, from the leadership to the congregation. Resolution number three. We will talk about and pray about evangelistic opportunities in our small groups and prayer meetings. We will talk about and pray about evangelistic opportunities in our small groups and our prayer meetings. And to some degree, this is 
already happening. Listen, all the small group leaders have been put on notice that this is going to be a point of emphasis in 2018. We want to be talking about and praying about evangelistic opportunities, opportunities we have in our lives, in our day-to-day, in our weeks, to commend Christ and to be ambassadors for Him to our community. And I'm convinced that one of the most powerful tools at our disposal in seeking to create a culture of evangelism at Emmanuel is the small group environment. Small groups create an excellent arena in which we can talk openly about evangelistic opportunities that the Lord has given to us. Uh, I I don't know about your group, my particular group. We meet in Clemens, Mike Clark, Ben Allen lead that particular group and quite frequently will pray for evangelistic opportunities as part of our small group. It's so encouraging to me uh, to sit in on that time and to listen to my brothers and sisters talk about the ways in which they're trying to communicate Christ to people in their lives, to family members, to loved ones, to neighbors, to co-workers. And so encouraging to pray with one another and to make my own requests known and to receive that mutual encouragement. And let's just all admit, we all feel that we're crummy evangelists, right? And every one, I've never met anybody who says, I'm just so good at evangelism. I don't know how I do it. It comes so naturally. I, I don't feel any sort of fear or trepidation. Uh, I always have exactly the right thing to say. Uh, and it's just an amazing gift that I, I've never heard anybody say that. No, I've heard what I assume you've heard so often. I just feel so discouraged. Uh, I'm not the representative for Christ I ought to be. I don't speak of him as readily as I ought I don't share his grace and his love and his sincere willingness to save. I don't say, share that message enough. And, and even when I do, it's hesitating and stammering and stuttering. And it's, it's not with any sort of boldness or courage or, or love. Perhaps you, like me, feel, I don't, I don't even feel in my heart the sort of love and zeal I ought to feel for the lost. And I want to feel more of that. The burning of that, that light, that zeal for the salvation of men and women. Listen, again, an unapologetic commercial. Come out to the small groups. You'll be encouraged. You'll be helped. Brothers and sisters gathering together, iron sharpening iron, seeking to encourage and stimulate one another to love and good works and to loosening our tongues to convey the gospel to people in our lives. So encouraging to me to pray with my brothers and sisters about loved ones in my life that I want to see come to Christ. So I encourage you, we only offer two small groups right now. The hope is to uh, offer one or two more in the new year. Uh, But I encourage you, come to those small group times. And when you come participate, uh, and when it's opened up for prayer, go ahead and share about opportunities that God is giving you or opportunities you want to have to share Christ with others in your life. I just want to encourage some of you as well. Remember that, that sharing in those times, uh, sharing about the ways in which you're trying to evangelize, sharing hopefully the success stories that some of you may have, remember that sharing is modeling. Uh, There are maybe some, maybe God has given you the grace to be more bold in evangelism. And maybe there are some in the midst who who are, are very timid in evangelism, and they hear you talk about how God is helping you, and they're instructed and encouraged. Sharing is modeling. Like I said, the small group leaders will seek to make this a point of emphasis that we talk about and pray about the subject of evangelism, and we'll seek to do this in prayer meetings as well. And if you come to the prayer meetings, we've done that, where we've opened it up to ask prayers or someone in your life far from God but close to you that we could be praying for. Resolution number four. We will pursue evangelistic opportunities as a church in our community. Very generally, we will pursue evangelistic opportunities in our church community. I mean, as a church in our community. And this would include things like we we did even in the previous year, Vacation Bible School, opportunities with Mount Tabor High School, 
and uh, maybe some other special opportunities in the New Year to host groups in this place and to convey the gospel evangelistically to them. Resolution number five. We will give profile to success stories. We will give profile to success stories. We will celebrate success stories. Now let me be clear what I mean by success stories. I'm not talking about people who have led a vast number of people to Jesus Christ, though that is a wonderful success story. I'm talking about people who have been given grace from God to open their mouths and to loose their tongues in an overt way to convey the gospel to people. Maybe it didn't lead to the conversion of that particular individual. We may share the gospel a thousand times before we see a convert. The fruit is in the hands of Almighty God. But we would consider it a success story if God is mobilizing us to share the gospel with people in our lives. So as we have opportunity, we're going to give profile to those who are doing that. Opportunities to share the ways in which God is enabling them to share the gospel. Okay, now the second set of resolutions. Tracking with me? We're at... Number six now, and these are resolutions I'd like to propose to you, brothers and sisters, that you would commit yourself to these things in 2018. Resolution number six. We will discipline ourselves to pursue more evangelistic opportunities in 2018. We will discipline ourselves to pursue more evangelistic opportunities 2018. I'm tempted to say when it comes to evangelism, that is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade, it's really just like Nike. Just do it. There's a sense in which we just got to do it. We got to speak about Christ to others. There's a place for practical helps in that and strategizing and talking about how we can do that better, but we just need to do it. Now, I, I recognize Uh, both the quality and quantity of evangelistic opportunities are going to look different for different people. I don't assume that the homeschool mother of four is going to have the same opportunities available to her as uh, the, the sophomore in college on the campus where evangelistic opportunities are abundant. Okay, The opportunities are going to look different for different people. Uh, I don't think that the uh, sincere brother who is uh, working his fingers to the bone in a job that requires 65 hours a week and uh, has very few meaningful interactions with lost people. I don't think that brother should be made to feel guilty for not having five really good direct evangelistic conversations every week, okay? We recognize that everybody has the same degree of opportunity. But I'm willing to wager that each one of us right now could name someone in our lives who again is far from God, but close to you. Will you share the gospel with that individual in 2018? Will this be the year that you pursue that intentional eyeball-to-eyeball conversation, heart-to-heart conversation with that individual and to commend to them the grace and mercy and love of the Lord Jesus Christ and His willingness to be a Savior for them? Will this be the year that you do that? Will you seek to discipline yourself to pursue more opportunities in 2018? You say, not many opportunities are available to me. Well, are you praying for them? I don't know that God has ever uh, uh, not answered that prayer when I've asked, Lord, I need someone to share the gospel with. Almost always someone is introduced into my path that I can share Christ with. Will you commit yourself to pray, Lord, help me to share Christ with someone today, this week, this month. Help me to share Christ more in 2018 than I did in 2017. And I recognize, perhaps, 
But for some of us, that may mean sharing Christ just once this year. We look back on the last year, perhaps you can't remember one good opportunity you had to share the gospel with someone who needed to hear it. My brother and sister, don't be discouraged, but commit yourself, resolve, that in 2018, I will be more public about my faith in Jesus Christ. And by God's help, I'll loosen my tongue to speak of His grace and of His love and of His gospel. I wanted to share briefly with you, Zach is going to preach, uh, excuse me, Zach Duprem is going to teach a class on practical helps in evangelism. He would be one brother in particular. God's given some special grace. He has frequent evangelistic opportunities, and so we've asked him to teach a class on how can you help us do that? Someone who does it often, how how can you help us practically to evangelize more? I just contemplated literally for two or three minutes and jotted down a list of ten things. I'm going to throw these out there for you very quickly. Uh, just to get our minds working, stimulated, and thinking about ways in which we could be more fruitful and faithful in 2018. Consider asking someone in your life, asking people if they would go through the Gospel of Mark with you. Or any one of the Gospels. Is there a co-worker? Is there a family member? Is there someone in your neighborhood? You just ask them. Uh, would you be willing to, to spend four, six, eight weeks going through the Gospel of Mark with me uh, uh, this year? Worst thing that can happen is rejection. Listen, Polycarp was fed to the lions, okay? We could deal with someone turning us down uh, uh, to do a Bible study. But just risk it. Ask someone to go through the Gospel of Mark with you. Consider reading a book like Reason for God by Tim Keller or Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis with a coworker or a family member. You know what I found? Everyone loves C.S. Lewis. Everyone knows who he is. Well, say, here's one of his bestsellers. Would you, I'm going to bring it to the book club. Uh, I'm, I'm reading this book. Would you want to read it along with me? Listen, my grandmother, antagonistic toward Christ for 60 years, that book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, was one of the tools God used to draw her out and to bring her to Christ and to a persuasion of Christian truth. Consider taking someone through that book this year. Number three, consider being more thoughtful and strategic about your use of social media. Listen, there are unlimited opportunities on Facebook to share Christ with people. Don't just post about your favorite recipe blogs or, or, or the most controversial political opinion, okay? Uh, let's, let's quote and share and convey explicit Christian truth on social media platforms. If you're one of those who's persuaded that social media is not real communication, I have to tell you you're wrong. Real words are being used. Real sentences are being formed. Real people are forming those sentences. And people are having real dialogue on social media. Well, how, how might that platform be leveraged for the gospel and for the spread of the kingdom of God? Consider ways in which you might use social media to publish the good news of Jesus Christ. This is one I think we could all think through. Consider how you might use your home strategically to expose others to the light of Christ. Listen, your home environment, your Christian home, is like a, a roaring, blazing fire. And there are people outside of your home who are in darkness and in cold. Will you let them in? Will you let them warm their bones by the fire of your Christian marriage? Uh, By the fire of your Christian love for your children? By the example, compelling example of the love of Christ that is present in the hearts of every individual Christian person? Would you invite people into your home and let them see the light of Christ blazing uh, like it should in the context of a Christian Family, think of strategically using your home in evangelistically hospitable ways. Number five, write letters. 
Listen, nowadays, if someone actually sits down at a desk with a pen and paper and writes their sentences out, folds it up, puts it in an envelope, licks the envelope, and puts a postage stamp on it and sends it to me, I don't care who wrote that or why they wrote it, I'm going to read it. You take the time to write a letter to me? So consider, some of you have told me, I just feel like an inadequate evangelist. I never know what to say. I don't really know how to articulate my faith. I don't think quick on my feet. Well, the great thing about writing a letter is you could pour over that thing for months. Craft those words however you want to craft them. You could bring them to a trusted Christian friend. You could bring them to a pastor. Would you read this and look at this? I want to send this to my unconverted mother-in-law. Would you, would you help me uh, frame this in a way that's faithful to the Bible and winsome in terms of our Christian witness? What if in the small group environment or in a prayer meeting, what if, what if we, we slated one, one week this year where we were all going to write a letter to someone far from God but close to us? And we compiled those letters and we put them in the middle of the room and we just prayed over them. Lord, the gospel is being conveyed in these letters to people who are far from you, who are lost. And we're praying together as a group of your people that you would bless the gospel as it's conveyed in these letters to these individuals. Wouldn't that be great? I'm not talking about conveying mystical power on those letters, but asking symbolically that God would bless them as we seek to publish the message of the gospel. Number six, go on walks with people. Take time and go on walks with people. Ask your neighbor, hey, I'm walking the dog. You want to get up with me and go on walks? Hey, I'm trying to walk. One of my New Year's resolutions is to walk more in 2018. Would you, would you walk with me? Maybe not the first time or the second time, but maybe by the fifth or sixth or seventh time, you'll start talking more about your church and about Christ and about what he means to you and about the Bible, sort of going on walks. If you have a dog, one thing I've observed about dog people is that if you have a dog and you like to walk your dog and someone else has a dog and they like to walk their dog, there are no boundaries. <laughs> you can just talk about, and you will bear their souls to you if uh, you're both out walking your dogs together. So if you're a dog person, find a bunch of dog people and share Christ with them. Number seven, be there for more people this year. Be there for more people this year. Be present with people. Go to weddings, go to funerals, uh, go to graduations. Uh, be there for people when they're in need. And you'll be surprised. So many Christians don't do this. They see people who are suffering or people that are rejoicing or people that are experiencing life. They don't have time for them. Consider being there for more people in 2018. Number eight, invite people to church. And when you do, tell your pastor. Pastor, I have a lost friend coming. Just wanted you to know that. And I'll always respond the same way. Duly noted. All right? Number nine, invite people to the small group. And when you do, tell your small group leader. Ben, Mike, watch out, Zach. I'm bringing a lost friend to small group today. Just wanted you to know that. Number 10, invite people to the women's Bible study or the men's fellowship breakfast. And when you do, tell whoever is leading the time. There's going to be lost people in our midst. Just want you to think and pray about that and consider what you might communicate to them. All right, more quickly now, resolution number seven. You're patient to track with so many points. Resolution number seven. We will make the subject of evangelism a large part of our prayer lives, both individually and in our families. Just say evangelism and prayer, okay? We will make the subject of evangelism a large part of our prayer lives, both individually and in our families. Listen, evangelism is a supernatural work. You will lead no one to Christ unless God moves. And so pray. Pray with hope. Pray with zeal. Pray with optimism. Listen, salvation is in the hands of the God who is mighty to save. And so pray and 
and, 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 and seek God's face with hope that he'll actually do the work. And enjoy the immense freedom in evangelism that this fact creates. The fact that salvation and fruit is in God's hands. Look, fruit depends on God and not on you, not on me. So if I mess up, that's okay. My persuasive abilities and apologetic arguments will not be the determining factor. But God's will and His delight in saving sinners will be. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, can we all commit to this at least? We will pray more for the lost. In 2018. Resolution number eight. We will promote, encourage, and contribute to a culture of evangelism in Emmanuel Church. We will promote, encourage, and contribute to a culture of evangelism in Emmanuel Church. I'm telling you this morning that we are resolved as a church to make evangelism a greater priority in 2018. I want to ask, I want to encourage each and every one of you to get behind this vision and push hard. Buy in. Not ashamed to say that. Buy into this vision of growing in the work and grace of evangelism in 2018. And commit yourself to contribute to this culture that we're seeking to create in our church of people who speak openly about the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead and get the book and read the book. Come to class, come to small groups. Come to prayer meetings with zeal for the lost in your heart, ready to contribute and to pray for those who are in your life who need to hear about Christ. Get behind this vision and contribute in whatever way you can to this culture of evangelism, this vision for evangelism that we're seeking to engender in our church family. Number nine. Resolution number nine. We will seek to encourage and stimulate our brothers and sisters toward greater evangelistic faithfulness. So now I'm not talking about you being a better evangelist. I'm talking about you helping others be better evangelists. We will seek to encourage and stimulate our brothers and sisters toward greater evangelistic faithfulness. Listen, we need each other in evangelism. So encourage your brothers and sisters to persevere in the difficult work of evangelism. Trade stories of success and failure. Hey, hey, brother, sister, I was... I was at this school event with some of the kids and the Lord just enabled me to speak openly with this woman who also takes her kids to the same playground as I do. I was so exhilarating. I was able to just talk freely about Christ and what He means to me. Freely about the gospel and His grace for sinners. So encouraging. And share the, share the failures. Oh, I had a golden opportunity today to speak of Christ. And I, I just didn't say what I needed to say. I let Christ down. I didn't speak the way I should. Oh, sister, that's okay. That's all right. I'm here for you. I love you. Let's pray together that the Lord will help us to be more faithful. Trade those sorts of stories with one another. Send encouraging text messages to one another, encouraging emails to one another. Hey, brother, we were at small group last night. I know you asked over the holidays that we pray for your family as most of them are lost and you're going to be like a light in that context. I wanted you to know I'm praying for you this morning. And I want you to, I want to share this promise with you from Scripture. The Lord Jesus says in the Great Commission that He will never leave us or forsake us. I just want to encourage you with that. Be encouraged, brother. The Lord Jesus doesn't want to leave you or forsake you. And I'm here for you. And I want to encourage you. Let's be there for one another and to help one another grow and to learn how we could be more effective and win some witnesses for Christ in 2018. Finally, resolution number 10. Very specific resolution. I think we could all commit ourselves to. We will pray for 
and seek to share Christ with the unbelieving children of Emmanuel Church. We will pray for and seek to share Christ with the unbelieving children of Emmanuel Church. If you're part of this church and you tell me, Alex, I don't really have any evangelistic opportunities in my life, so this sermon is somewhat lost on me. I don't really have people to share the gospel with. That's your posture. You're blind. I'm sorry, not sorry. Okay? You're blind. There are before you every Sunday some children in our midst who don't know Christ. Will you pray for them and seek to share Christ with them? I understand some of us are more naturally inclined towards children and some of us are not. So let me help you with this. Just go, go up to little child. Hey, Johnny, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And you're off, right? What did you learn in Sunday school? Jesus. What did you learn about Jesus? That he's God. Well, he is. That's true. He's also a savior, Johnny. And he can save you from your sins. He's willing to do that for you. Isn't that great? Now, how hard could we not have those sorts of interactions every week? Not just with our own children, but other people's children. Let's commit ourselves to seek to evangelize our own children in our midst in the coming new year. So here's the resolution. That we will grow in the discipline and work of evangelism 2018. That God helping us, we would be better evangelists in 2018 than we were in 2017. And may 1 Thessalonians 1.8 be true of us in fact. May it be said of us in truth that the word of the Lord not only sounded forth from us in Winston-Salem, but that our faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Now to you here in our midst, I just shared this sermon, it means nothing to you. You're not a believer anyway. You're not thinking about evangelism. It's not a New Year's resolution on your mind or your heart. Well, that's exactly appropriate. This stuff should not matter to you. I want to encourage you to make a resolution of a different kind in 2018. All our cards on the table, I'll say this to you children here who don't know Christ. Our prayer for you is that this would be the year that you would come to follow the Lord Jesus. Our prayer for you is that that you would be a follower of Christ in 2018. That this would be the year to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Christ the Savior. If you're here and you don't need Christ, you need to make a resolution of a completely different kind. Resolve that you will be done with your sin. Resolve that you will stop living for selfish indulgence. Resolve that you will no longer live in rebellion against the true and living God. Resolve that you'll no longer reject His grace expressed to you in Christ and in the gospel. Resolve that no doubt or fear will keep you from coming to the Lord Jesus this year and embracing Him fully and finally in repentance and faith. Resolve that you will come to the Savior and you'll put your trust in Him and you'll have done with your sins. Let me tell you, my friend, I'm asking you to resolve to be happy, to have Christ, to have the hope of paradise with God forever, to have in Him your all in all, to have your soul's satisfaction met. I'm calling you to resolve to be happy. The kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. 
And the man who found that treasure sold everything else he had. He was done with his sinful ways, and he went and found that treasure. I'm holding out this treasure for you and asking you to resolve to lay hold of it. To lay hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the riches of His grace available for every soul in this room. Will you resolve to do so in 2018? Let's pray together. Our Father, we did pray at the start of this message that what we have not you would give us, that what we know not you would teach us, that what we are not you would make us more relevant now than it was 50 minutes ago. We are asking, we are praying that you would make us more faithful and fruitful evangelists, those who carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, who seek to teach it and convey it with the aim to persuade it. We're asking that you would make us more effective and faithful and fruitful evangelists in 2018. We do so uh, not because we have as our goal to be a mega church. Uh, We do so not because we simply want to ease a guilty conscience that's telling us we need to be more public about our faith in Christ. Lord, we mean sincerely from the bottom of our hearts that we want Jesus Christ to receive praise and honor and glory from the lips of redeemed men and women. Isn't that why you've placed us here? To draw lost people uh, into a saving relationship with Christ such that they would live for the glory of Him. And then on the last day, they would worship Him in splendor. We want Christ to receive His due. We want Him to have the prize for which He died, an inheritance of redeemed men and women from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And so, Lord, would You bless this desire? Would You bless this vision? And would You be pleased to use this congregation of Your people and every congregation of Your people in Winston-Salem? Would You wield us like instruments in Your hand to publish the good news of Jesus Christ and to proclaim and announce it to those who must hear it and must believe. Please do this, we pray. But we pray for anyone here who is discouraged as a result of this message at not being as vocal about Christ as they ought to have been. No doubt each one of us can identify with that, uh, that discouragement. But help us not to fear. Help us simply to confess and to resolve with your help and by your grace. Help us to purpose, to be more vocal about the gospel in the days ahead. And we pray that you would impose yourself upon the hearts of those who do not know you in this place. Move upon them to resolve that they will for the first time believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and in faith. And that they would give to him a whole-souled commitment to follow him in 2018 and every year hereafter. Do this by your grace, for your love of the lost, your love of the people. And for the glory of your Son, the Lord Jesus, and in His matchless name we pray, Amen. Amen.